From the Tulsa world, this is the OU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Eric Bailey and Mason Young. All right, Oklahoma opens up Big 12 play with a 20-6 win over Cincinnati. Big road win for the Sooners, big challenge for the Sooners. We expected it to be a challenge, and it was. I think uh, what impressed me the most was the dominating defensive play. Did not allow the Bearcats to score a touchdown. Uh, the offense struggled a little bit, but when it came time to find a way to score, they made some plays. Mason, uh, they did what they expected to do, come out, and they escaped with a win. 4-0, heading to Iowa, heading into Iowa State week. Uh, uh, nice nice win, I guess. Anytime you can get a win, it's important. Yeah, it's it's huge. Obviously, OU's defense continues to to prove to be, at least it looks as of right now, a really different animal than it was last year. You look at the amount of turnovers they're creating, the success of Danny Stutzman and how much havoc he's wreaking on opposing teams. Uh, it's really incredible to watch. They just they the defensive line pressure is maybe something that's still not quite there, but in terms of their their play and coverage, their being in the right place to make interceptions, which we saw two today, and then obviously the linebacker play from Stutzman. Um, it, it looks night and day for them between last year. And as you mentioned, you know the offense still some ups and downs, especially in the running game. I wrote a little bit about that uh, tonight. Uh, but they had one drive in the third quarter where they averaged 7.8 yards per carry on that drive alone and um, scored a touchdown. And that was pivotal in being able to pull away from Cincinnati. And, you know, one of the silver linings in this, too, is even if OU is not running the ball super effectively right now, they're throwing it really well. Uh, Dylan Gabriel and Andrew Anthony had another big game, and that connection is going to continue to be important for OU moving forward. I don't know if we'll ever get enough of talking about Danny Stutzman. It just seems to be something we just talk about every week. 13 tackles again today, another sack, uh, three and a half tackles for loss. It's just becoming a broken record. He's just a playmaker. And uh, I think uh, he really needs to get more national attention with what he's doing in this this defense. And it, point blank, I knew going into the press conference today what question I was going to ask him. And I asked Brent Venables, and I asked Brent Venables this question, uh, is it okay to label this defense as a dominant defense? And Brent Venables wanted nothing to do with that question. He said, no, no, not at all. He said dominant is near perfection. And he said there's a lot of work to do with this defense. Yet in four games, they've only allowed three touchdowns. They've only allowed an average of 8.5 points per game, 34 points total in four games. This is a defense that they are making plays. And, you know, for Oklahoma fans, it's been a decade since they've been able to, you know, more than a decade that they've really been able to say that they've seen a defense play like this. I think I saw a stat online on Twitter, on social media, saying it's been since the early 90s that they started the season four games, giving up less points than this. Uh, this is a defense that's making making uh, Oklahoma fans get excited again. Uh, I, I looked it up last year. Uh, seven of their last 10 games last year, in Brent Venable's first year, they gave up more than 34 points in seven of their last 10 games. Six of those games were losses. So it's okay, it's okay for Oklahoma fans to get excited about this defense. They were aggressive today. They faced a, an, a, a Cincinnati offense that had an outstanding quarterback in Emory Jones, and they made him make bad decisions. They took away the run game. They were great. I was I was really impressed that they they brought pressure. They they made they made him in, they forced him into poor decisions. Uh, it, it's it's really been fun to watch what they're doing with this defense. 
Yeah, I saw a lot of chatter during the game on social media about uh, just comparisons to Brent Venable's defenses at Clemson, just how this blitz on this particular player, this thing that they did, looked like something that he ran a lot uh, at Clemson. You're just seeing the maturation of a lot of the players now in the second year in the system and also some greater talent from the transfer portal that they had last year. Them fully comprehending uh, what it takes to play in Brent Venable's defense and what's being asked of them and him unleashing the full capability of it. So some people are, are still kind of waiting for the wheels to fall off this, for there to be you know, a game where they just get absolutely blown out uh, by a superior offense per se. And, you know, I really, I really just don't think it's going to happen. I think that this is what you brought Brent Venables in to do. He was the premier defensive coordinator in college football. You brought him in as your head coach to restore to the program after Lincoln Riley's departure. But having an elite defense comes with that. And I think we're just kind of starting to now see the first fruits of what exactly defense is going to look like at Oklahoma moving forward with Brent Venables as its head coach. Well, I think, and, and at last week's press conference with Coach Venables, he he mentioned the word affirmation. I think that's what he wants his players to see is affirmation, their hard work, uh, the fruits of their hard work. And I think every week you see more and more affirmation in terms of interceptions, in terms of tackles for loss, in terms of the scoreboard. Uh, they're seeing productivity and they're seeing results. And I think that's going to build upon itself. Now everything's going to, everything seems headed toward that first weekend in October when they go down to the Cotton Bowl and play Texas. Uh, of course, there's an Iowa State game ahead of that. But I think that that's when this, you know, that confidence is going to continue to build toward that. Um, now, let's let's go flip the, flip the switch and look at the offensive side of things. Uh, tough, tough day for the offense. I, I really just seemed like they never got really into any rhythm. Uh, this was their first game really in a hostile environment. And we saw what can happen in a hostile environment. First series of the game, we saw a snap go off Dylan Gabriel's shoulder pads. Uh, just seemed like the, the crowd noise uh, impacted that. We saw the crowd noise impact a couple other plays, especially when they were Oklahoma was in front of the student section. We saw Dylan Gabriel fumble inside the Cincinnati 10-yard line. We saw him... Uh, uh, throw the ball away, uh, kind of a screen pass that turned into a, a backward forward, pa a backward pass that could have been disastrous inside the 10 yard line. Uh, just not the crisp offense uh, we've seen leading up to Cincinnati and, you know, to give, to give the Bearcats credit. I mean, they, they caused some of that, but uh, a little bit of work to be done on the offense heading into Iowa state. You know, it was funny as we were walking into the stadium this morning, we passed Greek row and, we saw this banner that was hanging that talked about uh, something along the lines of like uh, making fun of the Sooner Schooner and saying your uh, your mascot is a literal bandwagon. I thought that was pretty funny. And I was like, you know, Cincinnati wins this game. Like they're going to hang this thing in the Louvre. Like it's <laughs> going to be a big deal. But, uh, you know, OU's, OU's offense, not exactly to your point, you know, not exactly, especially on the ground not moving like the Sooner Schooner, not really pounding the rock. Uh, but but there's a lot of things at play there. I think, one, you're still toggling the running back rotation. Jeff Levy used a lot of Marcus Major today, and Tommy Walker got some action. Those guys didn't play a lick against Tulsa. It was all Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk trying to get them going. And then today, those guys didn't play at all. So it's really like Russian roulette. You really just don't know what – 
uh, you're going to get from Jeff Levy in terms of who he's going to put out there in terms of personnel and uh, what he's looking for right now. It sounds like he's really just trying to find a hot hand, just trying to find somebody that will break through. And obviously, Tommy Walker did that a little bit against SMU. And Marcus Major was good today. Levy said he had a good week of practice. Uh, so that was that was big. Maybe Marcus Major can continue to be the hot hand uh, going forward. But then you also look at other facets. Obviously, Cincinnati with Dante Corleone and Jawan Briggs, a very good front, a very good rushing defense. Uh, you know, it was, it was tough sledding. That's just what it is. OU still found a way to make some plays um, and, and deal with that. And you also have to account for the fact that OU's adjusting on the offensive line. No Savion Bird today. He's injured, didn't make the trip. So they were rotating uh, Troy Everett and, and Caden Green at left guard. And so you've got a group there that's still trying to find some chemistry. So I, I think there's a chance that they get this thing going and they, they start to increase the rushing production uh, moving forward. Obviously, a season low, 105 yards today. That's not what you want. But there were just a lot of factors uh, in this. And I think... If you get, if you figure out who's the hot hand in the backfield, you get your offensive line working cohesively, and then you also play a, a team that doesn't have as good a defensive front as this, uh, then then that can open some things up for you. Third and one, I, I was wondering how many Oklahoma fans were wondering when Oklahoma faced their first third and one situation if Jackson Arnold was going to come running on the field. Uh, didn't happen. But I was just wondering if that was going to happen. Uh, a lot of quarterback run game, though. Dylan Gabriel pulled it down. A lot of quarterback run. Of course, the fumble inside the 10-yard line on on the second series of the game. Uh, but, you know, that's something opposing defenses are going to have to kind of figure out, too, is Dylan Gabriel is showing uh, the ability to pull it down and run. Of course, there was the play, too, where he got the 15-yard penalty after getting a late hit. Uh, incurred against him, uh, kind of a reminder of the TCU game uh, last year too, kind of took him out of the game last year. So you always worry about that too. But some quarterback run game, a little bit of a speed option too, uh, picked up a key first down late in the game too. So uh, Dylan Gabriel showing a little bit with his legs. Um, so we're seeing a little bit more of the run game. I was impressed with that. Um, Andrew Anthony, another big game, second straight 100-yard receiving game, big game for him uh, as Oklahoma still tries to figure out the, the pass game, you know, the receiving yards. Nick Anderson, another 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 big game. I just wonder how often you can keep him on the bench. I think he's another good guy that's going to be a playmaker for this. Jaden Gibson had another big catch for the Sooners, too. He's like almost like that guy you just bring in, that sixth man of a, of a basketball team that can come off the bench to make a big play for you, and then he comes back. And just Oklahoma's still trying to develop their receiving uh, rotation a little bit, it seems like, too. So uh, I just wonder if this all is going to settle itself out as you get deeper and deeper into the schedule. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens offensively. Yeah, I think one thing that's huge in this is just the consistency of Andrell Anthony. He's been an incredible find for OU in the transfer portal. I don't know that we thought necessarily when he came here, obviously with the low usage at Michigan, that he was just going to emerge as a wide receiver one. But he obviously had his second consecutive 100-yard game today. Uh, he had the longest play from scrimmage. I think it was a 49-yard reception. I think that was OU's longest play. Uh, the rapport between him and Dylan Gabriel and, and the way that they've been able to accelerate that, um, even though Andrell just got here in the spring, is huge. And and him being able to just be a threat consistently for them down the field is big. So uh, everybody was concerned about who was going to replace Marvin Mims as that big downfield threat. And 
through four games and now in, even into conference play, um, you know, it's not just Andrew Anthony dunking on bad teams. Andrew Anthony's a really good player and he got open and, and made some big catches against Cincinnati today. And, and they got to continue to have that moving forward. Darren Kanick, let's just kind of house clean, house cleaning. Darren Kanick uh, injured uh, chest injury. Uh, Brent Venable said, sounds like everything's going to be okay. Checked out locally. Uh, was with the team, it sounds like, afterwards, was released by the hospital. Is that what Brent said afterwards? Uh, yeah, yeah, said he was uh, released from the hospital. Yeah, so uh, that was good news, I guess, to hear from Brent Venables. A lot of players missing. No Justin Harrington, like you said earlier. No R. Mason Thomas. Uh, you know, they had to fill in some gaps. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, no, it didn't sound like there was any major injuries today. I don't, I don't recall anyone... Uh, missing today, so that was good news. Injury report seemed pretty pretty light outside of uh, Jaron Canick. Iowa State, big win for them. Uh, just wrapped up here, uh, watched it from the press box here at Cincinnati. Big win over the Cowboys, so they'll have a little bit of momentum coming into uh, Norman on Saturday. I really hope that OU can run the ball better against Iowa State than they did in this game because I think that it'll just make things a lot more interesting. I just... Games against Iowa State, and you look back to last year, is the same thing. Uh, when I think the final, when they played in Ames last year, was what, like 27-13? Like, it's always just a low-scoring game. Uh, not not super interesting, but you're, you're right, Eric. I mean, Iowa State's going to probably come uh, with some momentum. And uh, I would imagine, too, that, you know, they have a, a chip on their shoulder from a couple things. One, Oklahoma always gets the opposing team's best. But, two, you know, this is a team that's playing with a lot of guys without a lot of guys because of the the gambling situation. And and they probably want to, um, you know, further reinforce that, um, that that's not the, the end all for them that, you know, they feel like they're still a good football team. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see uh, what they get. I, I don't think it'll be as tightly contested. I think there's a significantly greater talent gap between OU and Iowa state than there was say two, three years ago now um but it, it could be a close matchup just kind of how the nature of these defensive oriented games play out between these two all right well mason i guess we're uh jumping on the plane home uh for uh coverage this week iowa state week uh just a little note to oklahoma fans uh we learned a little bit of a, a different coverage uh in terms of our oklahoma coverage uh, coordinators no longer doing uh press conferences on monday so We'll have player-only interviews on Monday nights, and then uh, Coach Venable is on Tuesdays, and we'll have players on Tuesday nights. So uh, just keep up with all our coverage, though. We'll be here uh, midweek to do our annual, our weekly annual, our weekly podcast on uh, probably Tuesday or Wednesdays. And then again, our, we'll be wrapping up our post-game podcast on uh, Saturday to kind of wrap up the Iowa State-Oklahoma game. As always, Spotify, Google. Apple, whatever platform you get your podcast, and then keep up with our coverage, as always, on OU Sports Extra, uh, TulsaWorld.com. Mason and I will be writing like crazy all week leading up to Iowa State. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Appreciate all your uh, all your support.